Good morning. We are going through a series, a summer series, that's called A Call to Fathers and Families. And we started on Father's Day with a message that we need to honor and obey our fathers. And we laid a foundation that fathers had to obey and honor their head, who is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians, is the head of man and man the head of woman, which is his wife. And uh, the Father, or God, is the head of Christ. So everyone has a head. So that's the foundation. So if we're going to uh, ask our families to honor us today as fathers, we have to honor our father. Everything goes in line. You can't sow uh, uh, you know, disobedience and dishonoring to Jesus Christ, fathers, and then expect your children, your wife, to honor, to obey you. So that's the foundation of what we talked about on Father's Day. Last Sunday we said that God has called fathers and families to have a vision for the house of God. You know, for their house. Because your house should be a house of God. The four walls, wherever you live, whether it's an apartment, whether it's a, a, a mansion, wherever it is, that's a house of God because God lives there because God is in you. So therefore, uh, everywhere you go, you should real, realize that there's a vision. There is a vision. There's a vision for your workplace. Your employer has a vision for that workplace. There's a vision for your household, it should be also. Now today, we're going to talk about another call to the fathers and families. And that call is to have a sweet fragrance of Christ, of the knowledge of Christ to God. Let's look at it in, in 2 Corinthians. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look there. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us. Now listen to it. Through us. Now, God manifests through us to the world, he's saying here, this sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So God is manifesting through us an aroma, and that aroma is a, is a, is a smell, it's an odor of any kind. And of course, uh, in the New Testament, it is used as a fragrant odor or a sweet or agreeable smell. We're supposed to manifest because God is manifesting it through us, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 14. Now, let's go a little further. The next verse. Verse 15. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Now here, uh, God tells us through the apostle that we are a fragrance of Christ to God. Now remember, you have to be a, f a fragrance of Christ, not a fragrance of a perfume, 
not a fragrance of a cologne, not a fragrance of um, yourself, but a fragrance of Christ, or the knowledge of Christ, as it says, really, to God in every place that you go. That excites me because it challenges me. It challenges me that, that I can't represent myself. I can't have an attitude, a bad attitude. I can't just uh, respond to people the way I want to respond to people. I can't react the way I want to react. I can't when, when people say something bad about me, when they talk about me, when they mistreat me, when they dishonor me. I can't do the same thing to them because I'm supposed to be a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Christ now, the knowledge of Christ to God every place I go. Now let's think of that now. How is Christ then? How, how is Christ? When we, we talk about that sweet fragrance of knowledge of Christ, I'm supposed to be spreading that knowledge. If I don't know how Christ responds, if I don't know how he reacts, then I'm going to have a problem because I'm, I think that I'm responding okay. I think I'm Christ-like, but I think you are not. See, no, that's not the way it is. Because it tells me in the Word of God that, uh, uh, let's say, in, in even Peter, 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, it says that I'm supposed to respond to uh, those who mistreat me in a different way than I'm being treated. I'm supposed to be responding to, and that's for Christ's sake now. That's not for my sake. That's for Christ's sake. It's to send the world a message that this is how Christ is towards us. So they can, they can have a desire. You can draw all men to him. That's what we're supposed to be doing, drawing people to him, because there should be something different about us. And it says that when he was reviled, he didn't revile back again. In other words, when people, you know, just uh, railed on him and, and talked bad about him and wagging their tongues at him, he didn't do the same thing to them. There was not a, you know, if you do it, I'm going to do it. I treat you the way you treat me. No, Christ didn't do that. He treated us the way the Father told him to treat us because he was representing the Father. Because the Father treats us in such a way that he sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that was when we were unlovable. That was when we didn't love him. That was when we didn't care about him. That's when we talked about him. That's when we shunned him. That's when if anybody said anything to us about Jesus Christ, we didn't want to hear it. You know, we, we want to kind of stay away from those who, who act like they were fanatics about Jesus Christ. See, because we didn't want him. We love him because it says he first loved us. We're supposed to be that fragrance. We are it says in, first, in 2 Corinthians 2, 15, we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So uh, inside the church, it, it, we have no excuse to get mad at each other in the church because and want to go our separate ways because we're supposed to be that fragrant knowledge of <laughs> Christ, you know, to God, to each other. We're not supposed to get all upset with each other and slam doors and, and fuss at each other and holler at each other, call each other names in our households uh, because we are supposed to be uh, loving one another as Christ has loved us. Christ doesn't holler at you and fuss at you and use profanity at you. Christ doesn't do those type of things. Christ, you know, he, it's, a, it's a, uh, just a sweet fragrance. It's just a peace. 
he said that he said that uh, he is the prince of peace. So he's not uh, causing turmoil and, and all all confusion. Now, yes, it said that uh, he came to uh, divide households, mother against uh, daughter, and father against uh, our son, and mother-in-law against uh, daughter-in-law. Uh, but that was a scripture that that really means that you're going to have to decide that you're going to follow Christ. And if one is following Christ, then it's going to be a division there. So that's why he said don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But if you, both, all of you were unsaved when you first uh, uh, got into this marital situation, then of course if one gets saved, there's going to be some division in the household unless that one who's not saved decides, decides to um, live with the one who is saved peacefully. Not to make this one who's saved act like they are unsaved and try to put these restrictions on them. You can't go to church. You can't read your Bible. You can't do this. No. If you want to live with that person they are saved and you're not, then you need to keep quiet and do what you're supposed to do to help that person to be what they're supposed to do because you are sanctified because of that person. Your children are sanctified because of that person. That doesn't mean you are righteous before God. It means that it's an atmosphere of peace. It's a godly atmosphere in that home because there's a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ in that home, and you are partakers of that. And there are privileges that come with being in a household that serves, that somebody is serving the Lord. It's a, it's a privilege to be in a, a workplace where somebody is serving the Lord because it could be worse in that place of employment if, if all of them were unsaved and serving the devil. And it will be uh, the same in a household where everybody's unsaved, serving the devil. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on in there. But you get one saved. You just get one saved. And God's favor is going to come upon that house. God's favor is going to come on that workplace. God's favor is going to come on that church. God's favor is going to come wherever you go because the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ is going to be there. That excites me. I mean, I tell you, it excites me because it's, it's, a, it's, a, woo, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. What kind of spirit are you of? What kind of spirit of you are? We've been talking about a, a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to God. So the question is, what kind of spirit are you of? Let's look in Luke. The Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verse 51 through 56. Let's look there. It says, when the days were approaching of his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans. Oh, that's okay. Jews going into Samaritans, and, you know, they didn't like each other. To make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. See, there, there's a, you know, that animosity there. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Now, that's, of course, uh, you say, well, boy, that, they, man, that's not good. Well, they're only going by what they have read in uh, the law and in prophets. See, because they, they knew that in the prophets, one of the prophets uh, called down fire on people, you see. And he wasn't uh, chastised for it. So they said, hey, you know, if they don't receive me, 
Let's call, and they don't receive you, Lord. Let's call down fire on them. Let's burn them up to a crisp, you know. Listen to what Jesus said, because see, sometimes we think that we can read the Old Testament, and we think that, <laughs> you know, we can do the same thing that, we, that they did in the Old Testament, you see. See, that, that's, a, that's a, a different, <laughs> it's a different, because Jesus had, yet, Jesus had not yet come in the flesh, lived, and died for our sins and rose again that we may have eternal life and paid the price for our sins and brought us back in the right standing with God, all who accepts him as Jesus Christ. And, of course, you know, you got to be drawn to do that. So, you know, this is what, we, what we're talking about here. We're talking about that they weren't just, just doing something of the, of the flesh. What they were doing is that they were doing things of the kingdom, that they thought the kingdom was, was about. That's what they were doing. So let's go a little further here. Let's go a little further. Let's see what Jesus said. But he turned, this is what Jesus said, he turned and rebuked them and said, Do you not know what kind of spirit you are of? You know, listen now. Do you not know what kind of spirit you are of? For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Now Jesus said, ha ha, you know, well, let me think about that a little while. Maybe we will burn them up. No, he didn't say that. He said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. So, this is a small S now. So that means that in their spirit, they had a uh, spirit of retribution. What you do to me, I do to you. You don't do to me, I'm not going to do to you. So you, wanna, you don't, you don't want to receive me, then I'm going to show you what I can do with you. you know? No, that's a, that's, that's a spirit of, of darkness. That's a spirit of the evil one. See, the spirit that we're supposed to be of is of a spirit of a sweet fragrant aroma of the knowledge of Christ to God. Not a knowledge of the prophets of the Old Testament, but a knowledge of Christ, the Messiah, the one who died and rose again. That's what kind of spirit we're of, and he's a, 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 Christ is a reconciler. He tries to reconcile people. Christ is a, is a, is a person that uh, he wants to bring people together, not destroy people. He wants to save lives, not to kill people, you see. You got to know what kind of spirit you are. What kind of spirit are you of? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. When you are speaking of things that you spoke, you know, uh, in your household uh, last week, what kind of spirit were you of when you spoke those things? What kind of spirit were you of when you did those things? Teenagers, what kind of spirit are you of when your parents tell you to do something you don't want to do uh, you stomp off and, and, and slam the door behind you, you know? And when you get an attitude and roll your eyes, what, what kind of spirit are you of? Is that a spirit of darkness or is that a spirit of a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Christ to God, to your parents? What kind of spirit are you of? We're talking today now about fathers and families you know, God's call to us. That's what he called to us. You know, you might be in a family that there is no father there. But there's still a family there. 
There's still family. I don't care if you live with your grandmama. I don't care if you live with your aunt. I don't care if there's a family there. It's a God's call to father and family. So uh, now, what kind of spirit are you of? Because God is calling you to have a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Christ to him. Everywhere you go, in every place, in the supermarket, in the classrooms. Who are you hanging around? What kind of spirit are you drawn to when you're in the classroom? What kind of spirits do you, are you drawn to in the lunchroom? What kind of spirits are you drawn to in the workplace, in the lunchroom? What kind of spirits are you drawn to, you know, when you are with the buddies, with your friends? What kind of jokes are you telling? What kind of, who are you putting down? Are you telling these ethnic jokes? Are you telling these uh, blonde jokes? What kind, of, what kind of spirit are you of? See, these are, these are things that we can apply to our everyday life. Galatians five twenty-two through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another, and we can say a lot of other things, you know, talking about one another. Because we're supposed to have, and we do have, if we are born again. If you're born again, you have the Spirit of God in you. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are not born again. So when we are born again, we get the Spirit of God that lives in us. Now, we are supposed to allow him to live through us because we are dead. We have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in us. So we are... Not our own. We are bought with a price, a price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are slaves. That's why the, the apostles, they start off, uh, Paul, a, a bond servant, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, James will start off, you know, James, a bond servant, a, a doulos, it would say, of, of Jesus Christ and of God the Father. So they know that they were bond service because their life is hid with Christ in God. That's what kind of spirit we're supposed to be of. Now, let's go a little bit further here. This is Independence Day. This is the 4th of July. We call it Independence Day. And Wester defined independence is not dependent not subject to control by others, self-governing, not submissive. That's what, <laughs> that's what Webster calls that, okay? We can't have an in the spirit, uh, independent spirit, that is, in our households and have a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can't have both of them. Can't have both. Because remember now, we can't be uh, independent of our children of our mate, we can't be uh, saying, I'm not subject to control by anybody, you know. And we have that spirit sometimes in households, and whatever's in households, they're in the workplace. Whatever's in the workplace, they're in the church. Now, and they're in society. 
And we don't exemplify that much in the workplace because we're getting paid and we want to eat and we want to pay our bills, so we have to do certain things, uh, at least in front of the boss. We have to act like we, you know, like him. We've got to act like we are, you know, uh, doing what he tells us to do, even though in our heart we don't want to do it, we don't think we're getting paid enough and all those type of things, but because we are getting paid something until we get another job, there's a better job, we are going to do what he says to do, uh, at least in front of his face. <laughs> and the scripture says that we don't, we're not supposed to uh, do that with our service as men pleasers, but as pleasing to God. See, we are of a different spirit. We have a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to God in our workplaces, you see. And if we're not careful, we will, uh, when we're celebrating today, we'll forget what kind of spirit we're of, you see. And we might take on the spirit of the world. You see, let's look a little, little bit about the 4th of July that we are celebrating today, Independence Day. Uh, we're talking about the American Revolution was uh, what was the political upheaval, upheaval during the last half of the 18th century in which 13 colonies in North America joined together to break free from the British Empire, combining to become the United States of America. They first rejected the authority of the Parliament of Great Britain to govern them from overseas without representation and to expel all royal officials. The United States... Declaration of Independence is a statement adopted by the Continental Congress on July the 4th, 1776, which announced that the 13 American colonies, then at war with Great Britain, were now independent states and thus no longer a part of the British Empire. The Declaration justified the independence of the United States by listing colonial grievances against King George III and by asserting certain natural rights, including a right of revolution. And remember that now. They said that they asserted certain natural rights, including a right of revolution. That's a right. They said that's a, that's, 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 that's a right we have. We don't have to, we don't have to uh, succumb to, to, to what you want us to do. We, we have a right to... to uh, you know, to, to rebel and to uh, have a revolution. Now, having served its original person, purpose in announcing independence, the text of the Declaration was initially ignored after the American Re- Revolution. Its stature grew over the years, particularly in the second sem- sentence, which is a sweeping statement of human rights. Listen to it. Part of it, anyway. We hold these truths... To be self-evident. This is self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Which among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, that's a great thing. Uh, we are, we're very fortunate to be in a free nation. That we are not under dictatorship and things like that. We have a, a right to vote and choose those who lead us. But we must be very determined to have the same standard for all in our homes. It's very important to do that. There should be the same rule for children 
and parents. This is, this is what I mean by that. I mean that <laughs> um, you can't say, well, you can't talk like that, but I can. You can't holler at me, but I can holler at you. You know? Come on. What kind of, what kind of, uh, uh, <laughs> what kind of leadership is that? You know? You can't just use profanity at your children and expect them not to use profanity at you and say, well, well you know, uh, you can't do that. I can do it, but you can't do it. No, we've got to have, have the same rules and regulations. And that's why we have a, the standard, which is the Bible. You see? Now, in 1858, Abraham Lincoln said, There is no reason in the world why the Negro, and that's what they call, what we call back then, is not entitled to all natural rights enumerated in the Declaration of Independence. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I hold that, that he is as much entitled to these as the white man. Now, his debater, Stephen Douglas, argued that all men are equal in the Declaration. That, that statement, all men are equal, that's in, that's in the Declaration, is referring to the white man only. You know? it, was, it wasn't referring to the Negro, it was, it was referring to the white man. Do we have that practice in our homes? Do we have that practice? I can do and say things that you can't. You see, see, we can't have those type of standards because, see, if, if, you, if, if you have a sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ, you can't say, uh, well, you know, because Christ didn't say that. You can't say, well, you know, this, this, we have a right to revolution. We have a right to, you know, freedom and liberty, but you can't be free. You know, that's, that's the spirit that this was of when it was uh, written. I'm trying to tell you that we can think we are right. We'll think we're doing things, and we're not showing the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the world. The world will say, you know, Phew, you know. And what, what do you think that, that the man of color thought at that time, you know, about them saying, hey, you know, we're free, we're not free. Will you fight with us cause for, for our freedom? You're going to stay slave, but we're going to be freedom. And they say, oh, that's kind of, you know, hypocritical. Are we hypocrites in our home? God's call to families and home is not to be hypocrites. It's to be to have a, free fragrance, a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can all have the same standard. We can all be just. That's God's word. That's what it is. Uh, one, one verse that's very important in Matthew seven twelve it says that, Therefore, however, however you want people to treat you, treat them. In the same way, for this is the law and the prophets. That means that everything written in the Old Testament, based on the law and the prophets, uh, can be summed up in these. However you want to be treated, treat others the same way. Now suppose when they did the Declaration of Independence, that, that would have been their rule. They'll say, hmm, you know, if, 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 if I were a Negro, I wouldn't want to be in slavery. I don't want to be in slavery to Great Britain. So why in the world? I don't want them ruling no men and making. Why should I have to do this to somebody else? And, and they would have set the free, see, uh, slaves free. But it would see that would have been a problem because uh, it would messed up their economic system, you know. Because then they're gonna have to go to work, you know, in the fields. Or I have to pay them, pay somebody to work. So they don't want to do either one. Galatians five fourteen and fifteen says the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in. The statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you consume one another. 
Let us cultivate a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ in our homes these fourth, starting this 4th of July. It's Independence Day, remember? And we have something to, be, uh, to celebrate. It's great to be in America. Now, I've been, I've been in, in Canada. That's a bad place to me because, uh, you know, they have some, some spirits there that are not too good. Uh, they have spirits everywhere that are not too good, but I don't, I don't want to be in Canada. I've been to Africa. I don't want to be in Africa. I'm not, so don't tell me once you go back where you're from. I'm not from Africa. I'm from the United States. Uh, I love the United States. It's a great country, great nation, and I believe that we have the best nation in the world because... Uh, when our forefathers founded it, they had, there was an atmosphere back then of, of uh, reverence for God, but they had sense enough to put in there, you know, all these things about God, you know. <laughs> you know, on our uh, exchange, our monetary exchange, in God we trust, you know. They, they were, even though some of them were not Christians, they still used that terminology, they still honored God. So this nation is the way this nation is because we start off honoring God. We want to keep it that way because we see the results of those who don't, you know. We see the third world countries, they serve all these gods, all this stuff going on. Uh, you know, God's not, not going to honor that. Blessed is a, is, a, is a nation that honors God. So we want to continue to honor God. So the United States is great. We need to be celebrating the Declaration of Independence. We need to be a free nation. Praise God. But let's don't let that independent spirit get in us and, and realize that, hey, we have a higher uh, law that we operate against, God operates with. And that's a, that's a law of liberty, a law of freedom in Christ because Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. And therefore, we're supposed to be binding up the brokenhearted. We're supposed to be consoling people. We're supposed to be setting people free from the devil's control. We're not supposed to be going around trying to bring people into bondage. So today, as you celebrate this great nation, let's remember that we serve a great God, and he's greater. Let's stand.